0: Happy Tuesday, happy Tuesday, and happy new year. Happy 2020 from Uproot and Uproot on Air. And this is the first podcast of the year, and we're going to get it started off right. So as usual, Uproot is brought to you by East Broadcast Network, EBN, in association with Uproot INC and KNFK Services. And I'm your host in the new year, Antoine Dean. there have been a lot has gone on. Last year, 2019, we lost a lot from police brutality and unjust police killings. We're going to talk about the first year, what deadly force is, what is deadly force and how it is defined and what are the elements of it. That's going to be our topic today. Sit back, relax and get ready for another half hour of Uproot on Air with me. And we'll be back after the break. Young scenes in prison, greens, placing life numbers. Crack mothers, crack babies, and AIDS patients. Young bloods can't spell, but they can rock you in PlayStation. Snowmath mathers with my motherfuckers' ass. You wanna know how to rhyme? You better learn how to add snap mathematics. You might be most deaf. <laughs> it's simple mathematics. <laughs> Check it out. <laughs> I'm ball around science. What are we talking about here? Welcome, welcome, welcome back to the 2020 first edition podcast of Up On Air. And I know you guys have seen on the news uh, many times about officers using deadly force, but it has never, ever, ever, ever given you any details about exactly what deadly force is. So this podcast, our very first podcast for the 2020 year, we're going to start off with a, a strong topic. What is deadly force? So that we can explain it and give you a clear picture of why it's used and how it's used and what happens when it's used incorrectly. What is deadly force? As a find, Deadly force is the force that is used that will likely result in death or great bodily injury. Deadly force can be used by anyone. The law in most states have deadly force statutes. In Georgia, Georgia, deadly force can be used by anyone protecting themselves or others from deadly force. A person can use deadly force to also stop a forcible felony, like rape or aggravated battery or attempted murder. That code section in Georgia is 16-3-21. It gives anyone, again, the right to use deadly force. A person is justified in using deadly force, which is intended or likely to cause death or great bodily harm, only if he or she believes that such force is necessary to prevent death or great bodily injury to himself or herself or a third person, or to prevent the commission of forcible felony. like I said before. So Georgia's code section clearly defines that this is how a person can use deadly force and this is why. So, in the case of police officers or law enforcement, which is encompassed of sheriffs, FBI, and all the whole gambit of people who are in that uh, community. When deadly force is used by law enforcement officers, it is part of their use of force procedure. And most agencies in America have some form of a use of force procedure or a continuum. Um, It's called the FBI model or the force continuum. And deadly force for law enforcement is usually the last result on that continuum. So it varies between one to six and one to seven depending on who's doing the continuum. But it's typically deadly force is the last result. And it can be the first depending on the type of incident that's going on. For example, but the force has to be reasonable for the incident. And that's important because... In my example, I'm going to tell you that an officer arrives on scene of an accident, right? One person that's involved in an accident, you know, how accidents go. People, Somebody can be upset, depending on the type of accident. Property damage, vehicle damage, maybe they had a new car, maybe they had a young child in the car. And the person who caused the accident, you know, didn't pay attention exactly what they were doing and, and caused the accident. So this person is upset, And they're screaming and yelling, and they're in the person's face, and another person is calm and trying to keep their composure. So when the officer arrives, he tells the person to get back. That's what's called verbal commands. Now, the person stops yelling and screaming, and the person stops. That should end that particular use of force. There shouldn't be anything else after that. Now, if the person yells and screams, and the officer immediately throws them down on the ground, this does not fit the amount of force needed to gain control. Use of force is used to gain control of an incident or affect an arrest. So the deadly force would be used in the most extreme of incidents to gain control or stop the deadly force threat. Now what does that mean? When an officer is trained to use deadly force, they are trained to stop the threat. They're not trained to I, and a lot of people have said this. Well, why come the officer didn't just shoot him in the leg or why didn't they just shoot him in the arm or something like that? Because of liability issues. And that is true. So when an officer is trained by law, if they're shooting in other places besides what they were trained to do, which is in the center mass, which is in the chest area, and they shoot him somewhere else, that person can come back and, 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 and get a liability lawsuit can be thrown on them. the uh, the department. That's the reason why, by training standards and by law, this is why they're trained this way. It's it's an insurance thing. So if a person comes at you with a weapon and an officer decides that they don't want to use what they were trained to do, well, it's going to come back and bite that officer on the butt because they were never taught to do that. And the department is not going to back them. The insurance is not going to back them they're going to get charged incorrectly or they're going to get charged. And then the whole gamut of things come on. So there is a, a harsh reality when it comes to police officers and deadly force and they're people, too. And this is why I say this, because a lot goes through an officer's mind. And I'm using this excuse. Me, I'm telling you the truth. So if they're trained to stop somebody and shoot him in center mass or shoot him in the and shoot him in the head and that's the result of it. That is considered a good shoot because they actually follow protocol. They follow procedure that followed what they were taught to do. Now, you and I, we look at that and we think that that's horrible as people who don't know the procedures. So that's why you're being told them, because it keeps you safe as a person. That when you know that these law enforcement officers are trained to shoot to stop you or to kill you, if you pose what they perceive to be a threat. That's important for you to know. Use of force is only necessary when it's truly needed. That's some of the issues that we're having here within the last couple of years is that it wasn't necessary. There were other things that could have been done to prevent the use of deadly force. So if it doesn't fit what some call the 3 prong rule or the The three rules or the triangle of what deadly force, when it is appropriate to be used and when it is legal for anyone to use, but especially when law enforcement officers use it. There is three things, three elements that have to be in place, and that's ability, opportunity and jeopardy. And we get back from the break. We'll get into that. this is my pain This is my song It's for my cousin Ricky, damn nigga It's been too long Hate that my nigga Smitty slanging But to each his own Gotta feed yourself Smokin' no weed Just to ease yourself Fuck the whole world I don't need your help You're the reason why Mama had those Welcome back from the break So every year Officers have to and this is what most professions have to take classes to keep their licenses and certifications in most states. In Georgia, it's a minimum of 20 hours. And four of those hours or eight of those hours, I I don't remember which one exactly, I'll check. But you have to have um, use of force training at least twice a year. Some agencies do more than that. Use of force is the force that Most of officers use every day, but deadly force they may never use in their life. And they train at least once or twice a year with uh, firearms and less lethal weapons so that they can um, make sure that they know how to use them properly and explain and have the law re-explained to them every year they go through the same courses. Sometimes uh, the courses become a little bit more um, imaginable to give you more scenario breakdowns or the, the course becomes a little bit more interesting to give you more information of whatever the updates are. But it typically is the same types of training to, to reestablish the use of force, the, the use of deadly force, and re-qualify that officer with the service weapon. So every year they have to go through these classes to use and understand the laws that they're enforcing. Deadly force is uh, a tricky thing because if you use it correctly, it's solving a problem for you at that moment or solving a problem from somebody else at that moment if you're saving somebody's life. But it's also taking somebody's life. It's also taking somebody's families away from them. It's also if the person who had to use the deadly force, it also does something to them. So there's a lot of takeaways from that versus just somebody else's life, which is the biggest takeaway from that. You're taking someone's loved one away from them or someone's loved one, may be getting taken away if you don't use deadly force. So it's tricky. So there has to be those three things to make sure that when you're using deadly force, that you actually have a real need for it. And if there's not a real need for it, then there should be a punishment that fits that particular crime of murder. So there is, has to be ability, opportunity, and jeopardy. And again, if an officer is trained in a specific type of way, to stop a threat and he veers or he or she veers if officer veers off from that, then they're going to be lawsuits. They're going to be a lot of other things is going to be involved for that officer. But that person who loses their life or gets injured from the officer, uh, not following the proper procedures, just like if a doctor goes off of his procedure or he or she's procedure and does something to, it's his, his or she patient, I can't even talk right now, the patient, then there's liability lawsuits that involves involved with that. It's the same thing in any profession. So an officer is trained to do a job in a specific type of manner and they veer off of that, there's a lawsuit that goes with that. And there's also a lot of other things. So there has to be procedures and this is why. One is to protect the officer from real danger and others is protect people from real danger. And also so that if the person who is trained as a professional should be able to follow these procedures the way they should be, and they're given tools to be able to do that. And if they veer off of those paths, then there are consequences and repercussions behind it. So the ability is the means to create the threat of force. And what does that mean? That means that the person either has some type of a weapon, either they are are, an expert martial artist, And they're going up against somebody who doesn't have any idea how to fight. Or they have some type of weapon like a gun or a knife or a piece of glass or something like that. Something that is used to cause the harm. The opportunity is when that conditions or circumstances makes it possible to do something. And what does that mean? The closeness of the attacker, the weapons, and if they have enough time to be able to use that threat... Of that ability that they have. The jeopardy is just what it is, the danger or the risk of harm. So you put that together, the attacker placed immediate fear that they had the means, they had the opportunity to be able to cause them this death or this great bodily harm. So if all of those things come into place, then deadly force can be used if it fits those criteria, and it's you or somebody else that you're protecting or stopping a forcible felony. So this has has to be done in split seconds. You have to be able to recognize these things, and a lot happens when officers are assessing whether this is a real need for deadly force, and sometimes they get it wrong. Oftentimes, the ones that get it wrong, you never hear about because there's training for it. that's called judgmental (coughs) judgmental pistol shooting, and that simply means that they're taught when to shoot and when not to shoot, and what happens when you don't shoot, and when you do shoot, and it's not a good shoot. Every officer gets trained as while they're going through an academy. And it's important to understand that law backs them. It is designed to teach them how to use the deadly force correctly. Scenarios that they are involved in, where they go into whatever, uh, a home, and it's a domestic violence situation, and somebody has a knife, and they're Either charging at the, the, the other party that uh, may have called the police, or are they charging at the officer? And you have to make a decision. Do you believe that deadly force could be used? Now, there's other things that they can use now. You can use a taser, but would you? If that person is close enough, could the taser actually cause more damage than harm? If you shoot at this person, are you going to be accurate enough to shoot them in that center So, all of those things have to come to play. Or would it be just easier to tackle the person? So is there a real need for deadly force? That's what an officer has to ask themselves. But in these scenarios, it's a shoot and no shoot with a judgmental pistol. So you're either gonna take a shot or you're not. And if you shoot them, then you're gonna have an assessment afterwards. Either you did a good shoot or a bad shoot. If you did a good shoot, they're gonna have you explain yourself. And if you did a bad shoot, they're gonna have you explain yourself. And then they're gonna tell you why you shouldn't have shot or why you should have shot him sooner. That's what they're trained to do. So an example of correct way of judgmental eh, judgmental pistol shooting would be that officer and the knife. If they take that shot, they would be justified in shooting that person because they presented an immediate threat. They had the ability, the opportunity, and the jeopardy to cause harm to somebody. So they were good but what happens if that person doesn't have the particular weapon to cause harm or it's perceived that they had that weapon and they really didn't and we'll talk about that after the break Don't hit me on no dumb shit. working on the weekend like usual way off in the deep end like usual, like usual. niggas swear they passed us they doing too much Haven't done my taxes, I'm too turned up Virgil got a paddock on my wrist going nuts Niggas caught me slipping once, okay, so what? Someone hit your block up, I tell you, it was us Man, a house in Rosewood, this shit too plush It's cool, man Got red bottoms on Welcome back from the break. And if you're just tuning in, we are talking about deadly force. And you can go back and hit the first two seconds. Um, But we're going to get into what we just discussed earlier with the pistol shooting uh, scenarios. Now, when they're training, they're learning how to shoot properly and when not to shoot, a good shoot and not to shoot. So what happens when it goes wrong is what we're about to get into with the scenarios they're designed to teach them about using deadly force correctly and in some cases the scenarios give you gray areas on when to shoot someone so this is where the law protects them. An example of this is as an officer pulls over a driver the officer meets and greets the driver. The officer asks the driver for the driver's license and insurance or whatever proof depending on the state. The driver makes an overt move, which means that they did something aggravated. Their actions were aggravated. Uh, They reached into the armrest, and when they pulled out what appeared to be a shiny object, the officer thought was a gun. And it turns out later that it wasn't a gun. After he gave them the verbal commands of put the weapon down, the officer shoots them. They've taken out the weapon as soon as they see the shiny object, and they say, put the weapon down. Before you know it, the officer has shot the driver. And then the officer realizes that it's not a shiny gun, but it's a silver cell phone. The officer is covered by the law. And, and oftentimes, this is why. So when you see a, a shooting on TV, or hear about a shooting, and it's something similar to this, This is why the officer is going to be covered, because they're trained. So if he or she reasonably believed, reasonably believed the driver through their overt presentation of the cell phone and its silver color to be a gun, the officer is covered also because he gave verbal commands to put down the weapon. Now, there is a law that backs them in 1989, Graham versus Connor, the ruling The Supreme Court expanded its definition to include objective reasonableness standard, not subject as to what the officer's intent might have been. So what that means, if that officer intended to shoot that person based off of a bias or prejudice or whatever the case may be, this is where the problem comes in for most of us. Because if we say, well, that officer was racist or this and that other thing, But the reasonableness standard says it must be judged from a perspective of a reasonable officer at the scene, and its calculus must embody the fact that police officers are often forced to make split-second decisions about the amount of force necessary in a particular situation. What does that mean to you? That means that when you're encountering a law enforcement officer, And they are trained and the law says that if they shoot you, even though you might have had a cell phone in your hand or you might have had a brush in your hand or whatever the case may be. An officer reasonably believed that their life was in danger when you presented with that overt action. And that cell phone appeared to be a gun because guns are shiny and guns are silver and guns can be this and guns can be that. That officer gave you verbal commands to put that weapon down. And they reasonably believed, and another officer put in the same scenario, reasonably believed that that might have been a weapon and not a cell phone. And you get shot with it. They're covered under the law. That's important to you because anything that you do in law enforcement officer matters because of the use of force that they have. Their use of force is not intended to be negative towards you as a citizen. It's intended for the outcome to result in protection of the officer and or somebody else if necessary, and to gain control or to effect an arrest. So what you do again, when you encounter law enforcement officers matters. If the intent is negative on either the officer or the citizen involved, the outcome for either party could result in deadly force. Know how to engage law enforcement officers properly. So when you get pulled over, Don't make overt actions. If an officer asks you to step out of the vehicle, step out of the vehicle. If you're told to put your hands on your steering wheel, put your hands on your steering wheel. Because not all of them are maliciously or meticulously looking to do anything to anybody in particular. That's a fact. But the ones that are, because of the law and because of the training and because of what they've learned, they know how to manipulate it and they know how to use force correctly. But what happens when they use deadly force incorrectly, when they shoot somebody and there's no evidence of ability, opportunity and jeopardy or there's no evidence that that person posed a threat, then they should be charged for murder. But if you're placing yourselves in environments where officers who know how to manipulate the law and know how to coerce and they know how to write great statements and they use the terms the perceived and perception and objective reasonableness and all of those terms. that none of you guys out there versus anybody that's ever worked in the law office or any police officers listen to this podcast know anything about. So we have to be careful and just do what's asked of you and let that officer do their job and fight that ticket or fight that arrest in a court of law and have somebody to videotape it just in case you need your own witness information because you're going to be recorded for witnesses when it's presented in court. So best believe you should do the same thing. I'm all about training standards. I'm all about changing it. But until it gets to the point to where deadly force in all states besides California is looked at differently, then you need to always abide by the rules of the law, the laws of the Abide by the laws of the land that you live in, so you need to learn what your traffic laws are. you need to learn what your local ordinances are, and you need to learn your officers that work in your community so that when you encounter them, they're less likely to think that you're causing them problems or being a threat or presenting a threat when they've learned who you are and when officers start being more community oriented, they won't have more as, as many problems that you have. So that's a part of how you get rid of that deadly force scenario. It's not going to be the all in all, but it's a piece to the puzzle. Learning what deadly force is, learning how deadly force is used in law enforcement and knowing that you as a person are also able to use deadly force because the law says it. If you have also the ability, opportunity, and jeopardy. The reason why it's looked stringent upon with law enforcement also is because their job is to carry guns all day long. And they're held to higher standards and they're supposed to be held to higher standards because they're above the law. In order to be able to enforce the law, you have to be above it to be able to say, hey, you're violating another law. And they violate the law when they pull you over for traffic because they get around another officer or get excuse me, get around a car or they turn on their traffic lights and they bust through red lights just to take you over to the side of the road and give you a ticket for the red light. And I'm not saying that's OK. But what I'm saying is that that's what we have. and You need to know that don't have an expectation of what the law is if you don't know what the law is. Understand it. Get as much information as you can. And that's why this organization exists, to give you the facts about what law enforcement can and cannot do and what they're legally supposed to do and what they're not. Don't get misconstrued when you see officers taking shots. They're not shooting put to do anything but to stop the threat. And that means to kill in language, you see. That doesn't mean to hurt you. That doesn't mean to shoot you in your toe. It doesn't mean to make you stop moving, except permanently. So if you're presenting what is perceived to be a danger and an officer is trained to shoot you based off of what we just described to you, they will. Now, that's not morally correct. For the families, there's a loss. And if the officer does shoot somebody and that person is innocent, and that officer isn't a horrible person, the effects of that also is going to affect that officer because they're going to think to themselves, I just shot an innocent person. Oh, wow, that was a brush. Oh, that was a, a cell phone. The things that go through that officer's mind after that, now they're thinking about, I'm going to prison. Is that wrong? It's not because they have self-preservation just like you do. So you have to think about that also. So when you see those officers who never intended to really kill anybody at all, And they were doing their job and they thought and actually believed that that person actually had a weapon. And they had to take deadly, use deadly force because they thought it was necessary at the time frame. And it turns out that it wasn't. That makes you feel horrible. And it should if you're a real person. There are always two sides of a story and you need to know the facts about it all and not just pieces of it. And that's what we're here to do. And we'll be back after the break. The speed of a lightning bolt. As a kid, I grew two adults. I'm too advanced. I lived my twenties at two years old. The wiser man. Truth be told, I'm like 87. Wicked as any reverends in the pool of fire with devils holding hands. From a distance, don't know which one is a Christian. Damn, who can I trust in 2012? That's no one, not even myself. But Gemini screaming, but help somebody hold up, hold, up. hold, up. hold, up. hold up. Welcome back from the break. And if you missed it, folks, that's my time. Fam, I appreciate you. Every Tuesday, tune in to a new podcast at 7 p.m. Anchor.fm forward slash uprootinc. You know what to do. Get on the website. Let us know how we're doing. number onecom We will continue to build bridges to a better way of doing things. Facts make a difference. Having knowledge is truly power when you use it in the direction that needs to be given. We're all about saving our communities inside and out. And it takes time and it takes dedication. And it also takes you coming together and helping us. So if you want to be on the show, go to the website wwwupbrewdinc for any reason. Want to be on the show for music, interviews, let us know. If you want to help with the organization, volunteers want to sponsor by donating dot onecom Remember, we are a nonprofit organization. And I'm so glad that I'm a part of this organization because I get to help do more without being in the uniform. But I use what I learned inside the uniform to help you when I was in the uniform as well as now that I'm not. And that's why I like this organization so much because they're doing more behind the scenes to get in front of the scenes to help on a bigger scale. And that stuff takes time. Trust me. So www.upbrew.inc.com. Like us, follow us on all our social medias, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And we will be here next week. So don't forget to tune in. All right, fam. Be safe until next time. Have a good one. Champion win the title. One show. Many men try invite you. Yo. Shut down the rig each time they side you. Come on. Yo, what man you get born inside so? Clean it walk and oh. well just let shit pass through. Yes, sure. Yes. Oh. Can't be your next one like you. Famous like takes made by DJ Clow. I tighten up my game as I approach you. You'll check her, she a sheet and like to the get close to. So get many compliments but i am confident used to have a complex about getting too complex you got me willing to try look me in the eye my head is still in the sky since you walked on by i'm feeling high got my imagination flickering like hot flames is how it seems you make me want to ride the culture to a love supreme my brown made it creates environments for happy brown babies yes. i know it sounds crazy but your skin's the inspiration for cocoa butter you provoke a brother we should get to know one another i discover when i bring you through my people say true. or i can say is. So praise to I thank you God for a beauty like you. Brown skin lady, Yes. Just yeah. cause the brown skin lady yeah. On the planet. Brown skin lady, yeah. Yes. What's doing? Brown skin lady, it. How they feel?